Amen. You have your Bibles with you. I want to invite you to open them back up this week to First Peter chapter 1, 1 Peter chapter 1. Last week we uh, looked at 1 Peter chapter 1. We looked at those first 12 verses there or so. Uh, today we're going to pick up in verse 13 and read 13 through the end of this chapter. We're, we're trying to understand how it is that we ought to live in a confused and conflicted world. Last week we talked about the great hope that we have in times of trouble and in times of conflict. We were reminded by Peter who was writing to the church in the midst of, of persecution, great persecution, that we have a living hope inside of us, that upon our salvation, the very presence of the Holy Spirit begins to dwell inside of us. And just as alive as that Holy Spirit is in our hearts, so is the hope that we have that no matter what comes our way, that we are able to overcome it because of the great hope that the Lord gives us. I want to read you something that came from a commentary concerning this next passage of Scripture that kind of leads us into the discussion that we'll have this morning. It says, Our living hope, our great salvation, does not simply impact the future. It is to mark the way we live today, particularly when we experience suffering and pain. Sometimes when we think about the hope that we have in Christ Jesus, the living hope that we have as followers of Christ, that it is a future-only reality. In other words, when we talk about hope, we almost automatically think about the promise of heaven. When we think about hope, we almost automatically think about the, the dwelling after we pass from this life. But what this reminds us of, particularly verses 13 through the remainder of the chapter, is that our living hope, it is not only a reality that we look forward to, meaning it's not only a reality of the heaven that awaits us, but our hope that we have in Christ Jesus, it affects our here and now. We are a not yet, but an already people. We have not yet arrived to the place that we anticipate. But we already have this command to walk according to the ways that the Lord has given to us. Our salvation, when we trust in Jesus Christ, we are secured a place in heaven with Him. We look forward to that day. But our salvation, that same salvation, it ought to affect our everyday responses to the things that come into our lives. So we ought to have, it ought to have an effect on our everyday responses to the confusion and the conflict that is offered in our world. When we think about all that's going on around us, not only as a people of God, but, but as a nation in general, as our world as a whole, we can often get distracted with everything that's swirling around us. And what Peter is saying is that when those things come, and they will come, you must be diligent to continue to be obedient to the word. Listen to what he says in verse 13. He says, therefore, meaning therefore, as a result of our great hope, prepare your minds for action. Be sober-minded. Set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance. But as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all of your conduct. Since it is written, you shall be holy, for I am holy. 
And if you call on him as father, as father who judges impartially according to each other's deeds, conduct yourselves with fear throughout the time of your exile, knowing that you are ransomed from the futile ways inherited from your forefathers, not with perishable things such as silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, like that of a lamb without blemish or spot. He was foreknown before the foundation of the world, but was made manifest in the last times for the sake of you, who through him are believers in God, who raised him from the dead and gave him glory so that your faith and hope are in God, having purified your souls by obedience to the truth for a sincere brotherly love. Love one another earnestly from a pure heart since you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and the abiding word of God. For all flesh is like grass, and all its glory like the flower of grass. The grass withers and the flower falls, but the word of the Lord remains forever. And this word, this word is the good news that was preached to you. Let's pray together. God, we ask this morning, Lord, as we continue to explore, God, this, uh, Lord, this, this, this reality of how we ought to live in the midst of such a confusing time and in the midst of so much conflict as it surrounds us. God, I pray that you would remind us, as you did this church that Peter was writing to, Lord, that we still have a calling and that we are to be obedient to that calling that you have given to us as the people of God. And Lord, no matter what swirls around us, God, no matter what valley we're walking through, Lord, no matter the troubles or, Lord, the distractions that come our way, God, we have to be reminded of your salvation and your salvation that has granted us the hope, Lord, of our future, God. It ought to press us, Lord, to be, to be an obedient people for the sake of your kingdom. So, Lord, remind us, God, as Peter reminds these churches today, let your Holy Spirit, God, convict us in this room, Lord. Let, let your Holy Spirit mold us, God, and make us into a people that's pleasing to you, Lord. Use this time that we have together, God, just to remind us of our salvation and to call us, Lord, to that same salvation. Be with us, Lord, as we walk through this passage. Again, we ask and pray these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. I want you to know just a few things about this passage of Scripture that I think are important for us, those of us who have a living hope in Jesus Christ. First of all, Peter tells us that we ought to be prepared. That's what he says in verse 13. He says, Therefore, as a result of your living hope, you ought to prepare your minds for action. And being sober-minded, set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Christ. He tells us to, to be prepared, to be prepared for whatever comes our way. You know, while our hope is secure, while our hope is secure in heaven, right now we still must struggle. As believers in Jesus Christ, there are difficulties that will come our way. Yes, we wait for a peaceful eternity, but until then, we still have to walk in the fallen world. We still experience conflict. We still experience confusion. And as we experience that conflict and that confusion, Peter is saying you need to prepare yourself for such. You need to be prepared for whatever it is that comes your way. The words that Peter uses here, preparing your minds for action, 
It's very similar to the words that Paul uses when he talks about us preparing ourselves for battle and wearing the armor of Christ. Particularly, some translations actually translate it this way. It says we ought to gird up the loins of our mind. To gird up the loins of our mind, of our thoughts, and the, the way that we go about our lives. Now, I know that gird up our loins, that is not a phrase that we use in everyday language, so let's talk about it just a moment. The idea of girding up the loins was a, a, a term that was used in military action. So as those soldiers were getting prepared to go unto battle, they would be told to gird up their loins. Very, very practically, it's a picture of a man who at that time would have worn a robe, of course. In, in the day of the old, the, the men wore a robe of sorts, and he would pull up that robe, and he would, he would tuck it inside of his belt so as to prepare himself for the action that was before him. He was girding up himself. He was preparing himself for battle. This is the picture that Peter gives us in verse 13. He says, prepare yourself for battle. Prepare your mind for action. Gird up the loins of your minds. What he's telling us here is that the world in which we live, and you know this to be true, is at times difficult. The world in which we live is at times hard. It brings us at times troubles and difficulties. And, and even to the church that Peter was writing to here, it was going to bring unto them persecution. We've talked about the persecution of Nero and how the persecution of Nero was so hard on the people of God. And so Peter is saying, as you prepare yourself, prepare your mind for battle. We need to be prepared for battle. Again, it's very similar to what Paul tells us when he talks about the armor of God. In Ephesians chapter 6, Paul says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we don't wrestle with flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over the present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. And so he says, therefore, take up the whole armor of God so that you will be able to withstand in the evil day, having done all to stand firm. You see, Paul is telling us the very same thing that Peter is telling us. As we live in the midst of a world that is confusing and that is filled with conflict, we should prepare our minds for battle. Prepare spiritually for the troubles and the persecution. If it happens to come our way, prepare yourself for it. We might say it this way. We've often said things like this. It's too late to learn to swim when the ship is sinking. It's too late to learn to swim when the ship is going down. This is similar to what Peter is saying. He is saying, dear church, life is at times going to be hard. You know this to be true. Life at times is going to be a struggle. Even for, particularly for them, he's saying, hey, times are going to get tough. Nero is going to persecute the church. But not only that, he is going to burn at the stake believers in his garden so that he can see in the midst of the night tough times are coming and so Peter says before they come 
Prepare your minds. Gird the loins of your mind. Prepare for battle. It's too late to prepare in the midst of the battle. So we prepare now, Peter says. Prepare now. Practice those disciplines of your faith, church, now. Begin today to have a vibrant prayer life. Begin today to read the Word of God consistently. Begin today to spend a time in meditation with our God. Begin today. Prepare your mind today for what is before you. Second thing Peter says, not only we ought to be prepared, but secondly, he says you also, as you're living your life, you ought to be holy. Look at what he says beginning in verse 14. He says, as obedient children, do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance, but as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all of your conduct. Since it is written, you shall be holy, for I am holy. You see, Peter does something here that's really important for us to recognize. He calls us to holiness but he calls us to holiness and to model our holiness after the holiness of our Lord. Did you hear that? He says, you shall be holy in verse 16. You shall be holy for I am holy. Or you shall be holy because I am holy. You should be holy because of my character. You see, we should be like Jesus because of what Jesus has done for us. We should want to live a life like Christ has lived because of the life that Christ lived. This is what Peter is saying. He's saying there is an expectation for us to live as holy in the midst of confusing and conflicting times. We should live as a holy people because God is holy. Oftentimes in the Old Testament, when they would speak of God's character, they would not just say that God was holy. But the prophet Isaiah, for example, he would say that God was holy, holy, holy. And we know what he meant by that. He meant that God was wholly distinct from every other being, that God was the only God, that God was greater than any other false God that you might desire to worship, that God was separate from everything in all of creation, that God was greater than us. And this is exactly what he's calling us to. You see, just as holy recognizes God's distinctness, so us being called holy is also recognizing our need for distinctness. We, as the people of God today, are to be different than the world. And so if we look at our lives and we say, there is no difference between my life and the life of the world, then we would say, you do not belong to our holy God. We know that we belong to God because we are distinct. We are different from the world. We produce the fruit that the Lord has commanded for us to produce. You see, God's calling us here through Peter to live a distinct life, to be holy in the way that we live. See, not only is this a command for the steps we take, but I have to believe that as Peter is writing this, that it also has an evangelistic flavor to it. Because I want you to think about this. As this world in Peter's day is looking at these believers, and as these believers are experiencing great persecution among themselves, these believers are still walking around 
filled with a living hope. These believers are still walking around with joy in their hearts. They're still walking around with peace that exceeds all understanding. You see, even though they are facing very likely death itself at the hands of Nero, the Christians are still living hope-filled lives. Can't you see where this would be evangelistic? People would look to those believers and say, man, they should be afraid. They should be running for their lives. They should be hiding in their homes. But look at them. They are joy-filled, peace-filled people, even though death is being threatened against them. So people would look to their characteristics, and they would be drawn to this characteristic. And so should it be for us. We should live such holy and distinct lives that people look to us and say, I want the hope that that man has in his heart. The world is confusing right now. The world is filled with conflict. And as the world's hearts are filled with fear, follower of Jesus, ours ought not be. As the world's hearts are filled with discouragement, follower of Jesus, ours ought not be. You see, as the world looks to what is before them and they have this woe is me attitude, ours is not that way. We have a living hope that exceeds all circumstances, no matter what they are or when they come our way. As the world falls apart, around us we ought never fall apart because our hope it is not placed in the world our hope is not placed in our circumstances our joy is not found in our happenstances but instead all is found inside of our Lord and the salvation that we have in him back to Paul when Paul finds himself in a prison in Philippi he writes some amazing things as he literally is experiencing chains wrapped around his arms and his legs. Paul writes things like this. Now, I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. As a result, it has become clear throughout the whole palace guard and to everyone else that I am in chains for Christ. And because of my chains, most of the brothers and sisters, they have become confident in the Lord. And they dare all the more to proclaim the gospel without fear. Do you see the circumstances? The circumstances of Paul, as desperate as we might say they were, as difficult as we would say that they were, they never stopped the gospel because he lived in a way that was distinct. He lived his holiness even in the midst of his difficulties. So not only are we called to be prepared, not only are we called to be holy, next I want you to see that we are called to be focused. Really, we should use the word refocus maybe here, but I use be because all of my points start with be, and I just had to make it work. But refocus is another, another, good, way, another good way you can understand this passage of Scripture. Listen to verses 17 through 21 or 18 through 21 necessarily. He says, Knowing that you were ransomed from the feudal ways 
inherited from your forefathers, not with perishable things such as silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, like that of a lamb without a blemish or a spot. He was foreknown before the foundation of the world, but was made manifest in the last times for the sake of you who through him, he says, are believers in God. Now, if you think about that, listen to what he says. Think about this passage of Scripture. He says, he says to think about yourself having been ransomed, he uses the word ransomed, from the futile ways inherited of your forefathers. And then he goes on to talk about Jesus coming and the precious blood of Christ being shed on behalf of us. Do you hear what Peter is doing? Peter is communicating the simplicity of the gospel. What you inherited from your forefathers was a sin nature. What you inherited from your forefathers was the seed of Adam, the sin of Adam. All of us inherited from our fathers. We have sin in us by nature. But, Jesus, but Peter says, but you are ransomed. You are ransomed from your futile ways by the work of Jesus Christ on the cross. And now you belong to God. That's what Peter says in these verses of Scripture. You see, what Peter is doing is he is telling the gospel. And I know that you know the gospel, right? You know the gospel. Peter's audience certainly would have understood the gospel. So why in the midst of this conversation about living in the midst of persecution and conflict and confusion, why would Peter retell the gospel? Well, it's because when things get troublesome for us as believers, when confusion arises, when conflict comes, the thing that we need to be reminded of more than anything else is the simplicity and the beauty of the gospel. You were in sin. and Jesus, as a ransom, died on your behalf so that you might become children of God. Listen to me. No matter how hard the circumstances are, no matter how difficult things get in our lives, if you have the belief in that gospel, you have everything you will ever need. No matter, no matter what comes. If you have the gospel, you have everything you will need. And so he wants these people to refocus themselves, to put their eyes back upon the cross of Jesus Christ. This is good for us when we are in the midst of troubles, to put ourselves back inside the cross, to refocus our hearts, to be reminded of the goodness of our God. And so as we live in confusion and in conflict, put your eyes back on Jesus and it will remove the burdens of those things from your heart. Or you might want to say it like Dean Russell says it. Dean Russell says, always remember... To keep the main thing, the main thing. This is what Peter is saying. No matter where you're walking, no matter where your journey might be taking you, no matter how difficult the circumstances might become, don't let anything become the main thing, but the main thing. And the main thing for the church of Jesus Christ, to which Peter was writing to, and the main thing for us, brothers and sisters, is that we were in sin, 
that Jesus died as a spotless lamb on our behalf. And as a result, we are children of God. Peter wants us to refocus on the simplicity of the gospel. The last thing I want you to see is that we are to be word and deed people. We are to be word and deed people. Sometimes in our in our faith and in our, in our walk, we want to separate these two things. We want to separate the Word of God from the deeds that are expected out of us. And yet, as people of God, we cannot separate who we are and who the Word tells us we are from the things that God expects from us. And this is what Peter is saying. Look at verse 22. He says, Having purified your souls by what? Your obedience... To the truth. Your obedience to the truth for a sincere brotherly love. Love one another earnestly from a pure heart. Since you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of the imperishable, through the living and abiding word of God, all flesh is like grass and all its glory like a flower of grass. The grass withers, the flower falls, but the word of the Lord remains forever and in case we forget what the word of the Lord is look at what he says in the latter part of verse 25 the word is the good news that was preached to you Peter Peter is probably some of your favorite character in the New Testament I think we like Peter because Peter seems to be a lot like some of us he talks too much he says things that he shouldn't say and he always, always tries to get ahead of the Lord. This is who Peter is. I imagine if there was a popularity poll among the 12 disciples, Peter would not win. Peter probably had a lot of people that didn't love him very much. We even read some of the things that Peter said, and we go, gosh, Peter, why would you say that? And so Peter reminds us here, this is interesting to me, of all of the things that we are required to do as a people of God, Peter needs to remind this church, hey, you need to love each other. Maybe he knew what patience it took for other people to love him. Maybe he knew how much patience it took on behalf of other brothers and sisters to love him. Maybe he knew how much God actually loves us because he knew how impatient God probably would have been with him. But he tells us here, don't forget to love each other. And he's, he's just simply reminding us that there are certain deeds that are expected from the people of God. And this is one of them. We are to love one another. But he not only tells us to be a people that do things like love one another, but he also brings our heart back to the Word. All flesh is like grass. It's glory like the flower of grass. The grass withers. The flower falls. But the Word... The word of the Lord remains forever. You see, if we're going to be able to live in the midst of a confusing and conflicted time, it's going to be because we are obedient to the deeds that Jesus has required of us, and it's going to be because we are a people of the gospel. We are a people of the word. We are a people of the good news that was preached to you. Rather than waking up tomorrow morning and seeing the latest news cycle, Peter would say, read the word. Be reminded of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Rather than 
fretting over the potential of, of our financial fallout or a potential stock market crash. Peter would say, remember to do the deeds that you're called to do, to be generous. To be generous so the gospel can be sent around the world. You see, in the midst of confusing and conflict, sometimes we want to shut down. And Peter is saying, don't shut down, but in the midst of confusion and conflict, stand out. Stand out for the sake of the gospel. And as you stand out for the sake of the gospel, grounded in obedience and the word of the Lord, we will be more like followers of Jesus in the Old Testament and the New Testament, more so than ever before. I want you to be reminded, Nero was coming to power. And I told you last week, Nero was a bad dude. Nero persecuted Christians, we might say, worse than any other historical figure. Nero burned Christians at the stake in his garden so that he could see at night. But Nero, in all of his evil and in all of his death, he could not stop the church from moving forward. No matter what confusion or conflict the church experienced, he could not stop the church from moving forward. As a matter of fact, because the church held on to the word and because the church continued in the deeds that the Lord had asked of them, you and I have received the gospel even today. To be sure, no matter what comes our way, it will not overcome the gospel. And so people of God, people of God, stand out prepare yourself prepare yourself be ready for what is before us but always be found distinct from the world always be found ready for battle always be found in deed and in word this is where we find our strength Lord we are grateful for this day and God we are grateful for another opportunity to come into your house Lord we recognize that not everyone has this privilege and honor God around us there's a lot of confusion not only in the national scene God but there's a lot of households Lord in this place this morning that the house is in confusion and the house is in conflict a lot of people that watching us Lord they're, they're finding themselves in the midst of an uncertain time for whatever reason and God we just need to be reminded that the time to learn to swim is before the tragedy comes so Lord help us to be found as a people exercising the disciplines of our faith Lord help us to be found as a people a people Lord who are obedient to the words that you've given to us let us be found a people of word, and a people of deed. Be with us as we stand and worship together this morning. We pray and ask this in the name of Jesus.